This is Running the Race with Pastor Eddie Pinero of Calvary Chapel of Milford in Milford, Pennsylvania. God always gives back. It's like the more I give, the more God gives. And God knows the heart. We don't give so God can give more. If God can trust you with a little, He'll trust you with much. If you're a hoarder, ah, okay. You know, there are people, they're hoarders, whether it's food and money. Oh, oh I gotta save this. You never know what's going to happen. I need to survive. I don't care about anybody else. I don't hold on to anything. I hold on to Jesus Christ. He's my shepherd. As we continue to grow in our relationship with Jesus, we'll constantly be learning that He is enough. Sometimes we can try to keep one hand on the wheel and maintain some sort of control over our lives. This really comes down to pride, because we think that we can do a better job of managing our lives than God. In today's message, Pastor Eddie will be sharing about trusting God in every part of our life. Jesus is worthy of our trust. Well, let's join Pastor Eddie in the book of Hebrews chapter 13. As he continues his message, Final Instructions. Our salvation, our eternal life, everything that we have now in Christ began at the cross. We went outside the camp. And we went to the cross. Now look at the end of verse 13. It says, bearing his reproach. And we are to bear the disgrace that he bore. What does that mean? Well, in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, Paul writes this. He said, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. We've been crucified with him. The life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Now, as we are crucified with Christ, we come to the cross outside Calvary's cross, Galilee. It says in the word of God that to be crucified was to be cursed. One who is crucified is to be cursed. Galatians chapter 3 verse 13, Paul writes, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on the tree. Now, this is important for us to understand. Because Paul, when he wrote to the church in Rome, in Romans chapter 1, verse 16, one of the verses that we all know too well, and I think we don't understand the depth of that verse. In Romans chapter 1, verse 16, Paul writes this, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greeks. Not saying Jew first by priority. They've been waiting for a long time, have they not? Before Gentiles came in, they've been waiting for a long time. So it's salvation of the Jews. But here, that first line, just look at that first line, and you know this verse. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. What does Paul mean by that? We take it to say, well, I'm ashamed to be a Christian. That's why I don't share my faith. No, it goes beyond that. 
When Paul made this statement, when he wrote this, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, what he is saying is this, I am not ashamed in how my Lord and Savior chose to die for me on the cross. I am not ashamed that he chose to be cursed. Because you see, in that day, in that culture, to be hung on the cross was a curse. To the Jews, it was considered a curse. To Rome, it was considered a curse. To the Gentiles, considered a curse. And what Paul is saying, they would probably mock a Christian and say, you mean to tell me? The Romans and the Jews in those days and the Gentiles would say, you mean to tell me your God is the one that hung on the cross? That's your God? A man who bled to death, who's nailed? Is that, that's your God? Really? Wow. He's so powerful, isn't he? You see the mockery? You see how Jesus became a curse for us? So when he said, I am not ashamed of the gospel, I'm not ashamed that my Lord and Savior hung on the cross. I'm not ashamed that he bled for me. I'm not ashamed that he took my place in Calvary. I am not ashamed. That's why I say we bear the reproach. We go to the cross outside the camp. That is where we're saved. That is our Lord. That is our Savior. Reality is he's no longer on the cross. He's risen. He's now seated at the right hand of the Father. And so we bear his reproach. We take that. That's why Paul said, I've been crucified with Christ. So understand when we say, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I've been crucified with Christ. What we're saying is, and we're so used to it, you know, I've been crucified. Yeah. But understand, in that culture back then, almost 2,000 years ago, it was considered a curse. But we go forth to him outside bearing his fruit. Look at verse 14. It says, for here... We have no continuing city, but we seek the one to come. Now, Jerusalem was the geographical center of the camp. It was the center of Jewish religious life. It was their community. It was their world. It was their everything. However, however, as believers in Jesus Christ, we have no earthly permanent city. Our citizenship is in heaven, right? We're all going to die one day. But after that, it's the important thing. That's eternity. Think about it. You're only going to live. Some people are dying now in their 50s, 60s, 70, 80. Say you live to be 120. I don't, I don't want to live to be 120. I want to go to heaven. <laughs> but, you know, think about it. But compare 120 to eternity. Think about it. But we're going to be in heaven because of Jesus Christ. We're going to live eternally in heaven so we, our place is in heaven. Our citizenship is in heaven. We are sojourners in this land. And that's what Abraham said to Pharaoh. When Joseph introduced his father, I'm sorry, Jacob. When Joseph introduced his father, Jacob, to Pharaoh, he said, we're just sojourners. We're just here for a while. And even Abraham knew that. Abraham never had a tent. I mean, he lived in a tent. He never had a building made. He was very, very wealthy. He had 318 trained orange men that saved his nephew Lot from the five kings, right? And so he was a very wealthy man, but he never permanently had a place. He never built with all the money he had because he knows he's just a sojourner. We're all passing, right? So now, let's look at verse 15. We're going to look at why we have an obligation to worship the Lord. Therefore... Therefore, therefore, because Christ is the same yesterday and forever, verse 8. Therefore, because of grace, verse 9. Therefore, because we have an altar, Jesus Christ and his blood, verse 10. Therefore, because Christ was crucified outside, sacrificed outside the camp, verses 11 and 12. 
And because, therefore, we go outside to the camp, to Christ, in verse 13. And therefore, because Christ, we seek heavenly Jerusalem, verse 14. Therefore, because of all these things, he says, by him, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. So our spiritual obligation is to now worship God because of all he's done. Now, we can see that the Bible is filled with so many things that we need to be thankful for. But he's closing the theme here in his letter. We have the whole Bible to read and look at so many things we need to be thankful for to the Lord, to worship him. So it's an obligation of devotion to our Lord and Savior, who is our all in all. And we worship him. That's why, you know, we worship the Lord. We Christ is the center of our worship. We worship him. We give him thanks with the worship. And we glorify him. And so. We continue on and we worship him because the old covenant is done. He is the lamb of God. No more sacrifices of animals. He has done so much for us. The Old Testament sacrifice was obsolete as we we looked at. But we sacrifice. We give our lives to the Lord as a sacrifice. And he says in Romans chapter 12 verse 1, Paul writes this. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Everything we do, we, we give to the Lord. And it's our all and all is everything we are. We give it to the Lord. And so our obligation to the Lord is, is devotion and worship. And the ultimate worship is really a giving of yourself. Given of yourself. It was once said, when one truly gives himself to the Lord, all other givings become easy. And it's so true. When you give your life completely to the Lord, anything else is easy. Because you now understand that your life and everything that is attached to your life is given to you by him. And he will always supply. When you give, God gives to you. You know, when you put that into practice... And you give to the Lord worship and praise because he is worthy of it. And so we have a spiritual obligation to continually offer, continually. It doesn't mean just stop once in a while. It doesn't mean just a Sabbath or just one day a week to offer sacrifice and praise the Lord. The psalmist writes in Psalms 43 verse 4, I will go to the altar of God, my exceeding joy, and on the harp I will praise you, O God, my God. Praise the Lord. It's always good to worship God, not only in church, but in your quiet time, in your time of devotion, sing to the Lord. You know, every morning, you know, it's, I, it's like almost before five. I'm kind of trying to pinpoint the, when the birds are going to chirp. You know, I just love to hear this. They're faithful continually every day. It doesn't fail. In the spring, in the summer, I just love it. The windows cracked open and you just hear the birds worshiping God. Worshiping God. Can't, you know, think about a bird can worship God more than you, me. <laughs> wow. You know, say, Lord, praise the Lord. You know, I always wonder what these birds are singing to the Lord, but they do it anyway. How easy it is for us, you know, sometimes when we complain about everything, but how important it is for us to give thanks to the Lord. Seek the Lord, worship him. And so Psalm 18, verse 3 says, I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. There is nothing 
Even when you go through trials and tribulations, the best time to worship God. The best time to worship God. And so, verses 8 through 15, spiritual obligation to the Lord is to continually offer a sacrifice of praise to Him. Now we're going to look at the next obligation is spiritual obligation to others. Spiritual obligation to others. Look at verse 16. The writer writes this, But do not forget to do good and to share, for with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. Do not forget to do good and share. You know, we're so used to material resources, and we're to use the, the, the resources we have. Everything we have, we, God has given it to us. Everything you have, whether it's in the bank and, and, and money or monetary things or your home, God has given to you everything, everything. And so when God blesses you, bless others. Bless others. There are times I give things away, and some Judy say, wow, you give me that? Well, yeah. I had collectibles, things that were worth a lot of me. Just gave it away. I had a guitar that was worth about $1,200. Gave it away. And you know what? God always gives back. It's like the more I give, the more God gives. And God knows the heart. We don't give so God can give more. If God can trust you with a little, he'll trust you with much. If you're a hoarder, ah, okay. You know, there are people, they're hoarders. Whether it's food and money. Oh, save this. You never know what's going to happen. I need to survive. I don't care about anybody else. I don't hold on to anything. I hold on to Jesus Christ. He is my shepherd. I shall not want. I have no needs. There's no way that you can outgive. God gives more. Galatians chapter 6, verse 10. Is it therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of God. We are to do good to all people, especially to our brothers and sisters in Christ. And I'm blessed to see how often, you know, people are blessing each other here. It really blesses my heart. I say, wow, this is what Christianity is all about. You know, you know as a fellow brother in Christ, as part of the family here, I, I am blessed to see all that you do. And I hear it. And, and sometimes, I, you know, I, I know about it, but I want your reward to be in heaven, right? If, if you get your reward from men and pat on the back from men here, there goes your reward, right? We want God to bless you. But it's a beautiful thing to see that the Lord is using people to bless others. Second Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 13, Paul writes this, But as for you, brethren, do not grow weary in doing good. Now, the words here, do not forget, in verse 16, is the same do not forget in verse 2. What did he say in verse 2 in our last study? He wrote this in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 2. Do not forget to entertain strangers. Do not forget. There it is. The same Greek word is one word in the Greek. Do not forget to entertain strangers, for by so doing, some have unwittingly entertained angels. And so... We make a sacrifice of doing good. That's what the writer of Hebrews writing here in verse 16. Make a sacrifice of doing good and sharing, giving to others, because you never know. You might be doing it to an angel. I always think about that time. You know, when that time comes, when I go to heaven, I'm going to look at the angel and say, oh, I sold you the check out of Walmart, you know? <laughs> you want to pass the test. <laughs> and so do not forget to do good and to share 
For with such sacrifice, God is well pleased. Now, let's look at the last and final, the fourth spiritual obligation we have in verse 17, and that is to obey our leaders. Now, you probably say, wait a minute, we already touched that subject. No, well, in verse 7, we had the obligation to remember leaders in the past. Here in verse 17, we have an obligation to obey those who are leading us today. And so I'm going to talk about me. Not just kidding. Verse 17, it says, obey those who rule over you and be submissive for they watch out for your souls as those who must give an account. And so we're to obey, be submissive to those who rule over us. Authority has been given to those who the Lord has entrusted and believers to be submissive to them. We're to be submissive to them. I grew up in church and have many pastors. And one thing I never did was disrespect. If I had a disagreement, I had a disagreement. The way we see it today in the world, nobody respects anything anymore, by the way. That's why lawlessness is not only in America, but it's around the world. Nobody respects law enforcement. Nobody respects people of the cloth. And because of one bad apple, they all get disrespected. They disrespect the position and the title and things like that. But, you know, we live in a world where people disrespect. I was one that was taught and I was raised, always respect those older than you. And that's pretty much an Asian culture. So if you go to different places in China and Japan, you know, they always respect those that are older than them. They didn't care if they were educated or not. They always respect. And that's something I was taught. I was always respect those in authority. I was always told to respect those who are in leadership. However, we live in a time when nobody respects. Sadly, you know, there's been times, you know, that I have been disrespected. They take kindness for weakness sometimes, you know. Oh, you're a pastor. I don't care. You know, you don't believe in what I believe. Some, you know. It is what it is, but, you know, there needs to be a level of respect. If someone is wrong, if I'm wrong, hey, by all means, let me know. I'm not perfect. You know, just, I disagree with this. Okay, we could agree and disagree agreeably, right? And if it's in Scripture, let's just talk about it. You know, some people need to be thrown out. We only did that once, but you have to because they come in as, you know, wolves. But, you know, it happens. But we, as all of us, we need to be submissive. You know, the job of pastor and leaders is not only to teach, that's one thing, but there's many things that comes with just me coming here and, you know, studying for hours and a couple of days and just to speak for 50 minutes. It takes a lot, but there's other things that are associated with it. People think, hey, what do you do Monday to Wednesday? You go golfing? I said, really, I wish. <laughs> you know, I haven't taken vacation in 10 years and it's already affected me. So, you know, think about it. But there's other things. There's the shepherding, there's the discipling, there's praying, there's interceding for the lives of people when people call you in and, and all hours of the day because there's real serious problems within their marriage or kids. You know, we get those calls. And it's a 24-7 job. And so it's not just that. So, you know, we need to be submissive to those who, who rule over us because it's biblical and because God is a God of order and authority and, and those that are given, you know, we must learn to respect. And, you know, even though we all one day, it says here that they will have to give an account. I would have to give an account. Any leader, anyone's in a position of leading have to give an account. That's what it says here. They have to give an account. They will give an account. Now, we all one day will give an account, every single one of us, but more so for those who have shepherding responsibilities. It gets more serious, as a matter of fact. In Romans chapter 14, verse 12, this says, so then each of us shall give an account of himself to God, every single one of us. And so in addition to that, we have to give an account here, the leaders, those who, who lead. 
here in verse 17, we have to give an account. And even gets much more. The judgment is greater, as a matter of fact, the fact that I'm up here teaching the word of God. The writer of James, we're going to get to the book of James soon. James chapter 3, verse 1. This is what James writes. My brethren, let not many of you become teachers. Don't become teachers. Why? Knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. Okay, so it's not only I have to give account for the Lord, how I live my life as a believer. We all will one day. But also as those who are leading, there's even much a greater judgment. So at the end of verse 17, it says, let them do so with joy and not with grief, for that would be unprofitable for you. And so this is addressed, obviously, to the congregation, to the church, not to the leaders. In other words, it is a responsibility of the church to help those who lead you to do it with joy and satisfaction. And it's out of obedience. And that word obedience and obey, it's, oh, people don't like that. We hate that. You have to obey. You have to, oh, I hate that word. I hate the word, too, because the way, you know, there are people who have made it look bad. You know, you have to obey and, and submit to certain people. But I think those in military know very well what that's like. In law enforcement, it's paramilitary. And we were always told, hey, you could respect the rank, not the person, but you have to respect the rank. The person may not be worthy of respect, you know, outside the uniform or whatever, but you always have to respect the rank. But as Christians, we are to respect people and the rank and the position. It's important. So the church has a spiritual obligation to the leaders of the church and to obey, but also the leaders have an obligation, a spiritual obligation, which is far more greater to give an account to God. So we have to give an account to God one, one day. And so these are the four spiritual obligations we see here in verses 7 through 17. The spiritual obligation to remember the leaders, spiritual obligation in our devotion to Jesus Christ, the spiritual obligation to others, and the spiritual obligation to obey those who lead us. Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that we're able to live by your word just by receiving your word and being faithful to you, and not only to be faithful to you in in all things, but faithful to your word. We want to be obedient to your word. And we thank you, Lord, that it is through your word we have life. You give us wisdom. It helps us, Lord, to be more and more like Jesus. It helps us, Lord, to be a light in this dark world. Help us, Lord, to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you for your word. Help us, Lord. May we be faithful to follow the instructions that are in your word. Help us live it. Lord, if we forget something, you said the Holy Spirit would bring to remembrance the things that I've taught you. And we want to remember your word. We thank you, Lord. Thanks for listening to Running the Race Radio with Pastor Eddie. Pastor Eddie is leading us through a study of Hebrews. The series is called, Jesus is Better. And you might be getting a clearer picture of the supremacy of Christ. Jesus represented everything in the Old Testament and fulfilled it so wonderfully. Maybe as you're listening today, you're just now realizing all the different ways that Jesus proved to be the Messiah, to be the one that had been promised and prophesied about. Through these scriptures, you're coming to a better understanding of the love, the grace, the sacrifice that Jesus was willing to be for you. It's humbling, isn't it? 
May these teachings continue to bring you closer to the Lord as you see His heart for you. Running the Race Radio is a ministry out of Calvary Chapel of Milford. If you're in the New York, New Jersey, or Pennsylvania area, look us up right now. Head on over to runningtheraceradio.com. Once more, that's runningtheraceradio.com. When you get there, click back to the homepage for more information about the church, including directions and service times. We'd love to invite you to come and join us on Sunday mornings. And for those of you who live further away, we're delighted to let you know that on the same website, you can find many other messages from Pastor Eddie. That's at runningtheraceradio.com. Well, thanks for joining us today. We've come to the end of our time together. But we'll be back again next time, right here on Running the Race. See you then.